a little insulting that when I am up during the day, the sun has gone to sleep. And I feel like that is not fair. Right. Right. I'm here for some sunshine. That's it, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. So, but whatever. Oh, I'm wearing, wearing my, shirt. my shirt that I'm totally in love with. Thank you very much. I wore it. Uh, for those who are I not watching the video, Alyssa uh, got me a t-shirt that has Elena Ferrante on it because uh, um, it's one of my favorite authors. She got it for me for my birthday. So anyway, so when I went to McKay to do some end of year shopping, I wore this and I just loved how people were like, oh, yes. I, I just love the recognition of like, oh, I know who that author is. It was just such a good time. <laughs> Now I need you to start like pimping out my friend's shop, like when you're out right and stuff. Just be like, oh, I got it from this. Can you send me the link just so I like have it in my own bookmarks on my phone and stuff? Because this is fantastic Mm -hmm. and it just really makes me happy. I think um, I think sweatshirts (gasps) are coming. Yes, which makes me excited because I want a Donna Tartt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I like to check her shop Mm -hmm. out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So this was a very nice gift. Thank you again. You're welcome. I still have a stack of shit to send you, but it involves going to the post oh, office. Um, right. So do you want me to send you this? Okay. Yes. All right. Sometimes I forget to ask for the charcoal books because they just kind of like, hey, email us if you want this. And then that's like another step. But if you send me a Google form, I just click right. the box, which is also another step, but it's it's a different it's a different step. step, right? And most of my answers to Google forms, since I filled out so yeah. many of them for publishers, I have saved. So I just like copy and paste things. exactly. So it's not like typing. exactly. I feel like a little bad because somebody from Charcoal emailed me when I was sick to ask me if oh, I no. received the book. But I was sick and not checking email. And so I think I responded too late and they just sent me another one. So oh, thank you, Charcoal. Okay. For, I'll read it with you. Thank you, Charcoal, for sending me two copies of The Dark Side of Skin by Jefferson Tenorio, translated by Bruna Dantas Labato. I will be sending my lovely just... co-host a copy of the second book you sent me. And we shall read and enjoy it. Thank you. They should, just, they should just send you two copies all the time so that I don't. So you don't have to do the extra step of the email. <laughs> so what are you reading? What's going on? I am reading this arc. Thank you, Simon Shushan, for this copy. This is The Bullet Swallower by Elizabeth Gonzalez James. And um, I am right? only 13 pages in, so I cannot really tell you what it's about in my own words. I'm going to read the back. Uh, it says, in 1895, Antonio Sonaro is the latest in a long line of ruthless men. He's a fearsome bandito who's drawn to trouble, but he's also out of money and out of options. A drought has ravaged the town of Dorado, Mexico, where he lives with his wife and children. And so when he hears about a train laden with gold and other treasures, he sets off for Houston 
to Robert, with his youngest brother, Hugo, in tow. But when the heist goes awry and the brothers land in the crosshairs of the Texas Rangers, Antonio finds himself launched into a quest for revenge that endangers not only his life and family, but his eternal soul. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. So, you All know, right, 13 pages good. in, so nothing's happened, but um, I'm I'm excited for the story. <laughs> uh, well, I guess this will be the episode where we both just started something. So uh, I've been meaning to read Hob for a really long time. So I started Assassin's Apprentice because there's now like five of us reading this as a buddy read on Storygraph together. So I'm... I, I feel the push. Uh, I know I said I wasn't going to do a lot of buddy reads, but like this is like checking off something I wanted to read. It's anyway, been like so. two years, maybe three since you've talked yeah. about reading Robin yeah. Hobbs. So I will allow this yeah. one. Um, but I'm only like 30 pages in. I will say that I just realized that whoever had this book before me only got to page 236. So. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't really know how to describe this um so this is the first in the first trilogy for uh was the realm of the ender whatever um this big epic world that hob has written uh-huh. so this is the first the farseers trilogy so this is young Fitz is a bastard son of the noble prince cheval Sh- um raised in the shadow of the royal court by his father's gruff stableman he is treated as an outcast by all the royals all of royalty except the devious king shrewd who has him secretly tutored in the arts of assassin uh, of the assassin. And I guess that's where I'll go. I guess he's got some sort of magic in his blood and it's yeah. Mm, so okay. um, I'm very curious because lots of people have told me that I will love Hob, um, that it's very much my kind of fantasy. Right. Um, I, I am enjoying it. I will say it's better than wheel of time. I'm only 30. Oh God, dig it. Wheel of time. I find it better than wheel find it better than wheel of time um i don't know it's just kind of nice so far i mean we're just meeting everybody and it starts i guess in the present and then it's fits looking back so um we'll see he's just arrived at this court um we're just meeting the like gruff stableman guy um there's lots of animals so far okay <laughs> and i think one of the things that people have said about hob is that like she's very good at uh, elements that you see a lot in cozy fantasy like the little like tavern scenes or like the dinner scenes oh. or like those slice of life moments yeah. and, I, and i can kind of i can kind of see glimmers of that um as we're moving through the beginning part of this and it's kind of nice i think i'll like it okay we'll see all right oh, finally doing well it. i'm happy that you're finally digging into hob it's been a really really long time since you first said out loud to me i think i want to try robin hob it's, yeah. it's been a while and it's been a long time but you know have i started malice yet though <laughs> no Alyssa, i have restarted malice like three or four times okay i'm determined to finish that book this month i have no such determination i have to <laughs> I have to, because there's a couple of other fantasy books that I want to read next month before I jump into the second book in this series. What is it called? The Faithful and the Fallen series. So I got a lot of fantasy stuff I want to read. It's a lot going on in my brain. We have Malazan. Yes. Looming. Yes. In my brain, can we chat about it for a second? 
in my brain, I'm like, okay, is the realistic thing to do to say like, all right, let's maybe start that for real, for real, like in March or April, like for like realistically, because it ain't happening this yeah. month and it most definitely isn't happening next month either. No. So like realistically, no. shall we maybe start March or April? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I still only have the first book. Oh, okay. I had to order because I, one, two, three, I scored six at McKay and one shot at McKay last year, but I had to well, I order the first book and I did that like a, a few weeks ago. So I have the first book. Um, but you're coming here when maybe March? Hopefully if I find out about that vacation time. <laughs> okay. Then so you'll find some, yeah, you'll definitely find some, um, I'm sure while we're out doing our book thing. I hope so. I have the first in that one and the first in like another clump of books in that world. Yeah. I don't remember which one. Yeah. Yeah. That I think I found in the grocery store or something. Get out. Like really? One yeah, of the Malazan yeah. books? Yeah, there's one of our grocery stores. Well, they have two things. They have this like discount book bin that's like in a random aisle. And then on the way out, they have like a books for a dollar or something. That what? Are, like, used books. That is so yeah. random and so wild. Yeah. Okay. I don't go to that grocery store a lot. Okay. So are we saying April or are we saying March? I guess April. Okay, April. All right. Because then we have some time to try to find more in the, of the series books. Mm-hmm. when we're at McKay's. Yep. Around. Yep. Um, and I have so many books to get rid of. I actually have to mail a book out today. But anyway, okay. that's not the point of this video. Let's get into it. Well, Let's it is, folks, it. because what it means is stay tuned. If you've ever wanted to read the Malazan series, okay, go ahead and join our Discord. Because we're going to be reading it. You can join in. You can join in. Mm-hmm. Go on and, and actually, I'll just create the channels now so that they're set up. And I'll start adding, because I've found over the years, like quite a few very helpful introductory videos about the world of Malazan and reading the books. And so I'll start adding those things in there. Um, I also found like some kind of like Malazan wiki or something. So I'll start adding those resources in there. Good, because I probably need those. Yeah, um, I found them helpful. Do you know what I have to do this month is that we get the next in Crescent City at the end of the month. Oh. And I did not read the first two again because uh, I forgot. Uh, and now there's not enough time. So I, oh. I have to find some good summaries. Oh, wow. Okay. Get me up to speed. Well, I'm planning on reading Empire of the Vampire again because the second book comes out next month. I know I have to do that again. And then I do have it on eARC, but I'm very excited. You know, I pre-ordered mine from Blackwell's because I've got the UK covers. Oh, is that the cover I have? Um, I don't know. Maybe I need to change my pre-order. <laughs> I, I pre-ordered mine from Blackwell's like I did last year. I mean, when I did for the first one, so... That's what happened like, I with forgot. that. I think I just got excited and realized that there was out and so it's on Amazon, but I should change that. You know what? Speaking of pre-orders, you know I'm not really a pre-order girl. Like maybe I do like maybe two or three a year, but like this year I've, I've got some pre-orders. I've got some mm-hmm. pre-orders, which is that mm-hmm. really, that's not a typical thing that I, you know, do. Oh, I have a bunch. 
Yeah. Like so many. So mm. many. So that's been exciting. So I'm excited to read Empire of the Vampire again. I really, really had a good time with that book. I mean, I had a good time reading that story. So I mean, I'm kind I of really excited to go back too. into that world. I mean, it's good. It is good. Look, I, listen, I I enjoy Kristoff's books. Although I've never had, so I've only, you know, I've, I've read the Illuminate Files trilogy that he wrote with Amy Kaufman. Fantastic. Um, I've read the Nevernight Tril- Chronicles trilogy with all of us remember back in the day. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Empire of the Vampire. I've never had an interest in reading any of his other books prior to the Illuminate Files. Like ever. So, and I don't think I ever will. Um, I don't really. Yeah, I guess I haven't felt compelled to go back to the very early. Yeah, stuff. I haven't. And the books are pretty. Um, I mean, he's a pretty interesting fella. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think the melodrama and like the emo-ness of it all, like for Empire of the Vampire, like it's just, it just makes me happy in some way. So I'm happy with it. You know, that's what I want. All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about romance novels versus romance in books. So it's two very different things, right? Um, and so we're going to talk about that, uh, because what I've realized over the years is that I just cannot get into romance novels, but I, I enjoy a little romance in some of the books that I read. So yeah, I've, I've had these lofty ideas in the past that I could really get into romance novels. I'll give you a prime example. This may have been like 2019. I read The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. I had a I had a fantastic time reading mm-hmm. that book. I mean, just a, a whole lot of fun. It was summertime. I sat outside and I just devoured that book. And I think at the time that book had was it's a series and I think at the time it had two or three books already in that series. And when I tell you, I had every intention of reading the rest of the books in that series because I love the wedding date so much. I had such a good time. It never happened. I've never read a Jasmine Guillory book since. I have not. And I thoroughly, I mean thoroughly enjoyed the wedding date. Haven't went back to that series since. It is now 2024. I mean, I don't think that that means that you don't like romance. I'm never that called just means to read that it. It's, that's just not something that's like big on your priority list. There's never a time when I'm like, you know what I'm getting ready to read? A romance novel. Like, never. L- ever. <laughs> well, I can't say that that's how I feel because it seems like if I look back uh, <clears throat> every year, something about like around November, December, something happens where I like, ha- I just, I just feel compelled to read a, some sort of trashy romance novel. <laughs> <clears throat> and I read a couple of them and I get it out of my system and like, I have a great time and yeah. then I move back to, you know, the stuff I read all the time. Right. I mean, in my mind, I thought I'd do that. I think I've read a total of four romance novels 
in oh, my read life. A hell of a lot more than that. I've read, I, as we just said, the wedding date. Um, I read Seven Days in June by who's that? Tia Williams. I really mm-hmm. like that one. We read uh, You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Quickie and Meze. That was one of our TBR lowdown picks. Those last two are a lot more like literary than just more generic romance fiction. Oh, are like, those like the generic romance novels? <clears throat> I don't know. So like I always, we have, the, uh, so in my group of people with the, the, this sheet of shame, um, <laughs> we, we do have this, we've had this debate often about like what makes a book a romance. Um, and like things that we've argued about are like, are, does Sally Rooney write romance? And I don't think Sally Rooney writes romance. I think Sally Rooney writes about people and there's relationships within romance, right? But that argument gets can get, you could pull that argument out into like lots of other books. And I feel like Seven Days in June and You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty are kind of more gray because they do follow the sort of happily for now, happily ever after formula, which is right. Cause there is a formula to a romance novel, right? Like it, it always media. ends in a happy ending, right? Yeah. Okay. But I don't, I still don't think of them as when I think of romance. Oh, that's so, so interesting. You say, when you say romance, I have to like, remember that. Yeah. Those do actually check. They're like, boxes of what romance landia would call romance right um but then there are the people that even take it even more broadly and where if you have a a relationship centered in the text does that Uh make that a romance oh and i don't think it does that's too broad based on the rules of romance landia (laughs) right like i i just I know that there is a formula to writing a romance novel. And if it doesn't follow that formula, that it's not a true romance yes. novel. Correct. That's how I've always taken it. Cause that's always mm-hmm. how it's been explained to me. Mm-hmm. Same. So like you can have romance in books, but mm-hmm. if that book does not follow that romance novel formula, then it's not that. That's why I've always understood it. And if you're listening and you're somewhere you can leave comments, feel free to drop your thoughts um, below, but or wherever they are, up, down, side, wherever. Right. <laughs> but that's that's how I've always understood romance to be. <clears throat> that you can have books about relationships or books about that include romance, but not every single one of those is a romance novel. Right. Because then I'm, Yeah. It gets complicated, I think, with the, um, not the advent, but the popularity of romanticy. Because I think a lot of, a lot of fantasy has had traditionally some sort of relationship threading through it. Sure. A lot of them do. Sure. And then I, it's just, I guess, the the weight of that relationship, like how much of the plot story is is driven by it. Yes, driven by the relationship is about the relationship. How much is just like, is it like a subplot? Is it a major plot? Is it like a parallel plot to like whatever else is going on in the fantasy? And I think that's where we're getting this 
other sub sub genre <laughs> of like romantic or like dual genre of romanticy. Yeah. And it gets complicated, uh, I think, for people or is interesting for people who read fantasy because so much of fantasy now is romanticy. Right. Yeah. Um, but even then, I mean, those still don't follow the... F- I mean, I guess they follow the generic formulas of a romance where, like, you have two people, they have some sort of trope, they mm-hmm. end up happy. But I don't know if it follows all of the, like, st- like structural points of most romances. Right. Like yeah, the beats I'm, of a romance, I think is what I'm trying to say. <coughs> I'm not sure, too, because I haven't even read a lot of romanticy. So I don't I don't feel confident in saying like how they typically go. I have no idea. But that's a very interesting point, though. I mean, I would like a nice list of of true romanticy books so I can see how many I've actually read. Because I feel like there are books that I might th- I might shoehorn into romanticy that maybe aren't. Ooh, do we not have a true definition of romanticity? I'm sure there is, but like maybe I don't understand it, I guess is my point. So it'd be interesting to know. Cause I don't know. I feel like most most books I read outside, like in genre fiction. Yeah. Fantasy and sci-fi. Right. Have some sort of romance. Actually, no, not sci-fi. Most of my sci-fis don't. Um, have some sort of romance thread going through them. Mm. But would I call them all romanticies? Like almost all of my cozy fantasies have a romance. Is that a romanticy? Ooh. I don't think it is. Right. Okay, hold on. Remember that time we were we were doing a live recently yeah. and somebody said that they just learned that romanticy and fantasy romance are two different things? Mm. Which made my whole brain just basically melt down and I then th- explode because I was like, what the what are you talking about? I now remember that, but I think I tried to not remember that. I'm because sorry that- I brought it back up because I was like, what do you mean? I- <laughs> like, totally at a loss. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I don't either because I did not know it was a thing. I I just literally thought it was the same thing. You have fantasy that has romance in it. Okay, let's do like we do with celebrities. Let's just give it a name. Romanticy. That's what I thought. But then this person informs us that it's actually two different things. I don't even know how it could be. Okay, so you know how like everybody likes to make on every new bookish platform, there's the there comes a season where everybody is making these, oh, you're new to blank, book blank or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, l- let me go through some terms. And they're like, TBR means, GNF right. means. I'm mm-hmm. going to need someone to do that with genres. Like all these, like, because I'm going to tell you, I, somebody. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to laugh at me. Somebody was explaining what literary fiction is. Oh, gosh. And I never thought of that. <laughs> and they were like, oh, so like literary fiction, according to this person, 
focuses less on plot and more on people. And now I can't stop thinking about that and whether or not that is true. So I need like a definitive like list of terms, breakdown, video, something where somebody explains all of this to me. I don't want a random person to, I want to know how the publishers classify these genres. I don't, that's fine. That's fine. Penguin, you want to do, go ahead. Tor, somebody. But, (laughs) you know, I need, I need like a, I need like a Miriam Webster, like, yeah, like, what's the definitive definition? What is it? Mm hmm. The other thing is, like, there are so many subgenres that we can get Mm -hmm. into as well. We should probably do a whole episode on that because I, I think it's important to understand like what you like mm-hmm. and to be able to name that thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would be too broad to say, you know, I like fantasy. Do you, but you may not like all subgenres of fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. I also think that a lot of people who are new to reading or new to reading, let's take fantasy again, for example, in their minds, they think only fantasy romance or whatever romanticy exists, but it's like so many other subgenres of fantasy that they don't even know exist. But I think it's important yeah. to know so that you understand what you like. Yeah. But then also like even in those things, you're not gonna like it's not guaranteed that you're gonna like stuff. Like like True. high epic fantasy, I have I don't know, I feel like I could like it, but then also it gets really tedious for me. Yeah. But then there's things that are like maybe just like epic fantasy and like where's that line? I mean, I know my sweet spot is epic and grimdark. Like that's my sweet spot. I do like grimdark. You know, like if it's epic and or grimdark, it's gonna nine times out of ten, it's gonna work for me. Nine times out of ten. Romanticy. I will do a romanticy, but not every romanticy works for me. Like I was fine with fourth wing. It was fun. It did what I needed it to do fine whatever they did with iron flame because right. of probably all the hype and the way that that was pushed out and churned out so quickly and not edited down i i feel like you ruined what could have just been like a fun series like you could have made that just a fun three yeah. book series and not tried to capitalize on, I mean, I get why you do it. I get why everybody did it. You want to capitalize on the success and make the most money as possible because yay capitalism, but it could have been better. Is a curse on dark a lonely romanticy? I think it is. Well, that was done very well. I mean, that whole trilogy was like, it was done very well. I don't know. I I, I loved it. This one I just read, King and Coven. Really loved it. I want to get, she's got a new one coming out that's with like um like sea creatures so like i think there's like a kelpie and maybe some mermaids something like that yeah and i want to i want to get it i want to read it yeah i'm gonna try to get jesus to get it for me for our anniversary yeah and, like, so i can have zero dollars on my sheet of shame there you but- go that's the way to beat the system <laughs> <laughs> but you know because i i was like oh this is hating things that i like like it's so it's better written in general, there's some world building. Um, yeah. 
the the smut is good, but it's not the whole thing. Like, sure, in any of these books where there's like smut and also like a war going on or something, mm-hmm. the fact that they stop <laughs> to like have smexy time in the middle of a battle or whatever, it's just like right. absolutely inappropriate. You kind of have to like suspend your disbelief for that. For sure, for sure. But you know, it's fun. For like whatever. It struck it struck the right balance for me. Um What'd you do? I didn't do anything. What happened? You can't hear the police. <laughs> oh, they're just going, oh, <laughs> Well, here's what happened. Here's what happened. <laughs> In my defense. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You, you know, Fourth Wing was whatever. I was bored. Whatever. It just didn't do it for bored. me. You know. And again, I mean, I'm- you're right. And you said this a couple of times. Like, I have been chasing that high of A Curse So Dark and Lonely by Bridget Kimmerer. And I have not. I have yet. I have yet to read another book in that category that, like, stole my heart the way that book did but you thought it was just eh, you know what i mean like eh. yeah it was fine i felt in zero reason to keep going on yeah i love it now the trilogy as a whole is good but that first book like unmatched i love it well i think that that also suffered from a little bit of of the publishing uh success issue that like fourth wing kind of had uh, on a slightly smaller scale, but that first book did really well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I I feel like it, 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 sometimes when books do really well and it's a surprise and then the publishers like sort of double down and push on it. I feel like the quality of the rest of a series goes down like um, Serpent and Dove. The first book was fine it was fun i enjoyed it yeah and i think they shoehorned a second book in the middle of what the author originally intended and i never even finished it because i was so i so did not care by the time i got to the end of it and yeah i feel like sometimes especially in those ye genres when they do well yeah they want to capitalize and they they end up ruining the product yeah, for me with that Curse Breakers trilogy, book one is the best. Book two was really good as well. Book three was just okay for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So fourth book is supposed to be how many books? Five, I think. It's a lot. It's it's not a trilogy. It's it's a, it's a series. It is a series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I will not be continuing on. That was torture for Iron Flame. And I think the next one's probably even longer. And I'm Why? Like, Why are we doing this? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. Like, we love a good long book. Yeah, but, if it's good. But you don't need to make a book good. long just to make a book long. And I will say, since we're talking about this whole like romanticy thing, I do think that people like Sarah J. Mass suffer from this too, where though I enjoy everything, that when they get that much popularity nobody edits them down i mean robert jordan had the same thing like nobody's editing you down right so you're writing these books that really could be slightly slimmer I mean, and yeah. sometimes very much so slimmer but really if you wanted to keep most of it like you could you could trim it down a little bit you can tighten it up you don't have to go on and on and on about certain things it doesn't need to be quite so expansive okay wait let me get my authors together let me let me hold up let me figure out who, who's who um okay wait so i i read wait what is that series called 
um, with the uh, the mortal instruments. Who was that? Is that Clara Mass? Oh, Cassandra, Cassandra Clare. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I, it's, those books was so funny. Are so freaking long. And here's what's so funny about those books, right? So, what are the first three? Is it um, what were they called? I don't know. The City of Bones and all City that stuff. City, yeah. Okay, like I read. I think that was a trilogy. From my, if I'm remembering correctly, I read that trilogy. It, it, you know, it was fine. It, you know, it was fine. It was a good time. And then I read. The Mortal Instruments, and I always forget I read it until like I see somebody post about it, like, oh, well, I, I did read that trilogy, right? And like back then, like I totally had every intention on reading like the, like everything, like everything in that world. And I like acquired all the books because I like looked up a few times and like found them at library book sales or whatever. But then like one day I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to read, I don't want to read this. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to read this. And then I like unhauled them all, all of them. Well, I unhold mine too, but um, for that series, I think what happened was that I read them in the wrong order. Remember, I started with the Dark Artifices. Oh, which is right. That's like, further down, right? Which is newer and yeah. is better written. And then I went to, I went backwards, basically, is what I did. And then by the time I got to the OG original series, I hated it so much. Ooh. It was so badly written. And I think, like, I probably would never have read as much Cassandra Clare as I have if yeah. if I had started from the beginning. In all honesty, yeah, yeah, because it was it was just so bad. But I mean, it did also show that her growth as a writer—not that she's fantastic—but like, it did show that there was yeah. growth in the writing. Sure, um, but but yeah. And I've read no. one Sarah J. Moss book. It was that Crescent City book. Is that romancy? Mm-hmm. I don't know how they really, I mean, I, I, I guess all of the things in this world are romanticy. Interesting. But I don't really know because I feel like Crescent City is, is a lot more of like a fantasy mystery. Yeah. Than anything else. And. Yeah. Um, I think the second book is similar. I, I'll be curious to see where the third book goes, but this third book is going to, um, we ended on, on a, something in the second book that is going to potentially bring all of her series together into like one big world. Oh, um, really? So it should like this third book's going to be interesting. So I actually was meant to yeah. read all of the throne of glass series last year, but I, I didn't accomplish that. So um, I will be, I'll probably read book three and then start from like the beginning of everything and read, read everything except for like maybe a quarter throne versus because wow. I hated it so much. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm done with mass. I, I look, I had a good time reading Crescent City. It was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun to me. Um, I gave it to my oldest daughter cause you know, she likes the Faye and the, she likes all that stuff. I gave it to her and I, I am not, I don't feel compelled to read anything else by her. I read that book. I had a good time and I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I enjoy it. It's just a fun time. It's like fluff yeah. books to me. It just makes me yeah, happy. Yeah, it was totally fun. Um, I like the kind of lore and how interconnected everything is. And especially now that there's going to be like this big sort of thing. Um, there's a really big reveal at the end of book two. It's kind of fun. It's just fun. It's just fun. Yeah. And if you're into it, it's a good time. And like, it's not, 
I'm not going out and like recommending this stuff to people. You know what I mean? Like if you right. want like a book recommendation, unless you're like, I want a fluffy book series that I can get into. Like you're asking me for things where that's the answer. Um, right. I, I'm not, I'm not going to recommend that probably. Like, it's just, it's a fun thing. It's like Bravo TV. You know, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not like the best thing in the world or anything, but I do enjoy it. There was something else I was going to say along this lines of, of romanticity in particular, because that's the the genre du jour, it seems like, for publishing. Oh, I feel like what happens is that you have things like Sarah J. Mass that were going on, like the Cassandra Clares that were going on, like um, the, what's the other one that everybody likes? Uh, the Cruel Prince and oh, all these things. That's that, romanticity? I guess. I don't really know, uh, but okay. I feel like you have these things that are pre the coin coining the term, right? There's things that like probably allowed you to coin the term because they started the trend or whatever. Right. For sure. And then you get the trend. So now we're in our romanticy era of publishing and the stuff that's coming out, I just think is crap. It's like with the vampire books, with Twilight, like not that Twilight was great, but like Twilight was its own thing that people connected to. It was a moment. It was, it was fun. Like I enjoyed it. I remember looking at my ex-husband and being like, why don't you love me? Like Edward loves Bella. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, fine. It was a thing. And then it was just like all these vampire books after it not that there weren't vampire books before it but like that was like the thing that kickstarted this fixation for publishing curious um because i don't know because i didn't read those books did the vampire diaries is that pre-twilight or post-twilight i think it might be concurrent with twilight oh okay all right because that was a big massive thing too with people right the vampire diaries yeah okay i'm just wondering like where it fell on the timeline of the whole um, vampiric love crushing that everybody had going on. Okay. Well, let's see. Twilight was originally published in 2005. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she was into those books. Oh, 1991. Oh, really? Yeah. So way before Twilight. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. But you had like um, Anita Blake and stuff too. Yeah, I love those. God, I love those. But I don't think that we were pushing this like vampire book thing quite so hard until Twilight. Right. It was like, not that things don't exist. But that there's always this like thing that pushes um, a trend in publishing. For sure. For sure. For sure. And I think we're in like the romanticy trend, right? Oh, yeah. We're definitely there. I mean, I've, I've, and publishers are, are, are saying like, yes, you can expect more this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. You know, the question is, is it going to be of any quality or is it just going to be like, you know, whatever? I mean, I don't think it is. I think it's going to be shit for the most I do part. Too. I'm sure there'll be one or two things that are are interesting because that's how probability works. But like, it's mostly going to be shit, and yeah. that it's going to take up space 
for other things that are good. So and I like space, like marketing dollars and shelf space and absolutely um, time on the bookish socials and people yep. and you're going to lose sight of the books that are really good. This is, this is the downside. This is, yeah. And this is also the downside of like publishing, you know, like hyped books, you mm-hmm. know, we just lose all sense of like actual quality and then it always, it's like, it's no diversity in it either. Like, it's just never, it just never is really. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think the only thing that comes to mind, if you're going to talk to me about like diversity in romantic books, especially in YA, is going to be Legendborn. And I think that there is some challenge hey, to Legendborn. Hold up. Stop right there. That's romantic too? I think that's the closest thing I can think of. And I could be very wrong. I don't know everything. I didn't I don't read that because I just, I don't want to, but. But I feel like there has been some criticism of Legendborn and how I get, I don't know how to say it, but basically it's definitely written for like a white audience. Yeah. Like I've heard things like, why do you have this black girl centered around all these white people? Basically like she can't have mm-hmm. black friends. Like I've, I've heard that several times over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been like a constant question about those books, but. People, but maybe what is it, a duology? A no, I think it's a trilogy. But I guess it's not a romantic. But I think there is a, because ro- I feel like I need to reread book one so I can read book two. But I feel like the guy and the, but this is also where I'm like, where does it end with like, where, how do you make this line? Is that one of those like fantasy romances, like romance in a fantasy as opposed to a romantic? Oh, I need definitions. It's like, Somebody like somebody needs to define these. I guess tour in orbit, right? They need to tell us, okay, this is the definition of romanticy, Mm -hmm. and this is the definition of fantasy romance. Or to even clarify whether or not those two really are two different things. Or just like at what point does having a romance in your fantasy novel make it a romanticy? Right. At what point does like how much of the plot like like what is the thing that makes it become, you know, like a iron flame or whatever it's called? Right. Because are we are we saying that a romanticy is like that? That does that mean that that fantasy novel is really about the romance, and fantasy romance is just really a fantasy that has the sprinkles of a romance in it? Is that the difference? Because I have a hard time because like I feel like even this thing that I just read that I like to get off of uh, Fourth Wing and just harping on it because it's the thing of the of the moment. Um, this King Coven trilogy that I just read by Madeline Elliott. The for me, yes, the romance is a big part of it in these two people um, in their relationship, but there's more to it. Right. Than, than that, like so much more to it than that. And to me, the entire plot of the book, like the big overarching plot of the book is, a, or the books is that there's, is, is figuring out like what is real about this world in terms mm. of demons and witches and resolving whatever happened in the past to split demons and witches in two. Right. Mm. So that's the point of the book. And while we're doing this, we're going to get a little romance along the way. Right. Right. And that this romance is how this gets solved, but the 
book is you could you could do this with like one singular person and change the you know what you can right, you sure. can keep the same generic plot and be like oh we, I have a chosen one who's going to do this right yep. you can so to me that's not like a romance but if you think about something like even like seven days in June that book doesn't exist without that relationship because that book is about the relationship Abs- absolutely absolutely so what the hell is a romance <laughs> so interesting right yeah yeah i don't know and i and <laughs> I, I feel like i just broke it yeah yeah you broke me a little bit because i'm just thinking right because i and i know there are people that are like you know they're hardcore into the romance novels and the smutty spicy books and they think that any book that has a hint of romance is a romance novel i think you said that earlier i've seen people like make posts like, oh, I just read these romance novels and I'm looking, I'm like, that is not a romance novel. Where are they getting that from? Like, yes, mm-hmm. it has some romance in it, but that is a literary fiction novel. Like I know mm-hmm. this, like 1000%, but this person has classified it as a true romance novel. Like I talk about Mayfly and I'm like, it's this weird little crossover genre that has like, it's like horror romance, but it's not a romance to me. It's just that there are these elements that she takes from romance, traditional romance novels and plays with them in a horror novel. And I like that because it's familiar, right? It's a familiar thing and it gets twisted and I like it, but I would never be like, this is a romance. Right. Oh, another great example. Not in the fantasy genre, but in the literary fiction, translated fiction world. The Neapolitan novels by Elena Ferrante. Oh, you knew you had to get Elena Ferrante in here somehow. You knew it, people. You knew it. She wore the shirt. You knew it. (laughs) There are romance elements, you know, in that book. Look, it's it's, it's grown folks. People are falling in love. Grown folks. This grown folks. They're falling in love. They're getting married. They're having babies. There's romance in these books, but they are not mm-hmm. romance novels. And this is like my sweet spot. Like, I, again, I enjoy romance in some you of my like books. Books about relationships. I love books about relationships, marriage. I don't think you like romance. Because romance, I, to me, is not so much about the relationship. It's about the falling for someone. Ooh, let's get into it. Okay. Because the books about relationships are messy. Somewhere they're messy. Even if they're yes. happy, there's mess. And I like yes, the inner workings have, of yes, things. Yes, you have conflict. You have conflict in a good romance where there's things. I'm not, But it's not... The conflicts you have when you're together for a long time and it's messy. It's right. It's like the silly things you have before you're together for a really long time. And then you're like, I'm going to murder you because you chewed too loudly. Like it is, it is like the pre stuff. It is the falling in love. It is yeah. the little things that keep you from trusting and fully committing that create the tension and the conflict. It is not, or the things that keep you from being together. It is not the actual messiness of maintaining a relationship. And that's what I like. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I like in, in a lot of my books. That's why I like books that deal with, you know, marriage, mother-daughter relationships, families, because I enjoy 
books that are digging into the inner workings of people and how they relate to one another. That's and like I guess my the, total jam. Yeah. And I guess that's why like seven days in June and um, you made a death, uh, I made a fool of death with your beauty. To me, when you say romance, those don't pop in my brain, mm, but I see they where you're are going. romance. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause they are taught they're this is to make it sound like romance is an adult, but like they feel like more grown up further along in the lifespan um, stories than a lot of romances are. Even if they are romances with like older adults or like divorced people or things like that. Um, it's still that like beginning part. It's not the messy bits of a relationship. It's not the. Oh, Alyssa, you're so right. You're so right. Oh, I love when someone says four- you are. You're so right because okay, because out of the four quote unquote romance novels that I've read, you made a photo of a death with your beauty, the wedding date, seven days in June, and summer nights with a cowboy. Oh, summer nights with a cowboy and the wedding date are for sure. You're like true romance novels, and you're right. Seven days in June, and you made a photo of death with your beauty. Have so much more going on with those people. In those stories that you're not just hanging on to the relationship or the romance. There's other stuff happening that we're trying to like work through. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so right. I mean, I think that's why like, you know, people talk all the time about how like, oh, romance is I mean, not dangerous, but it gives you like poor expectations or whatever. And, and, and I don't, I mean, we, I don't care about that argument, but I think the thing that traditional romance novels lack is the, the the afterwards like okay fine you give me an epilogue they get married you give me an epilogue they have children but like that's not the problem with just ending everything with a happily ever after is that there is no book equivalent of happily ever after like that's that's not how life works you have two individual people um trying to stay together for a length of time uh, right attempting to have a monogamous relationship and that causes issues like yes. it is not easy and if if you're not balancing your reading between like that which is fun and it's feels and it's emotional and it's like for, candy for sure. and it's adrenaline it's it's serotonin in a book um yeah that's a good way to put it actually if you're not balancing that with like some good lit fic with some things that look a little bit more rawly and realistically at relationships and people, then I, I think that maybe it does create poor expectations because mm. what are you going to do when all of that, like the adrenaline high of falling in love becomes the, like the mundane of real life. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. Look, some good examples of like seeing the nitty gritty and and inner workers of relationships and marriages, you know, Cleopatra and Frankenstein by Coco Malores, Mm -hmm. Face of Furies by Lauren Groff, Wellness by Nathan Hill. Like, again, the Neapolitan novels by Elena Ferrante. Like, they're getting into it. Because there's, like, so much more (laughs) happening than just the excitement of the feeling of falling in love with someone. Cleopatra and Frankenstein, I told you, I was like, I have had these fights Almost oh, yes. word for word. Yes. And I don't like how close this is to home. <laughs> <laughs> that is why Cleopatra and Frankenstein had such, it just had me in such a serious chokehold because I was like, oh, 
I have lived a lot of this. And but I don't often think about my my past marriage. I, oftentimes I forget I was even ever married. Um, I'm serious, but, I, but I've been I've been divorced for like over 20 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I don't ever think about that time of my life. But when I ripped Cleopatra and Frankenstein, I was like, oh, this is, it was like I was right back there. It was wild. So things still, I mean, I haven't been divorced as long as you, but like the, th- the things do pop up and they, and, 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 and they're always strange, but that book was one of the ones that was, yes. Oh my God. I yeah. Like, I can't read this. I can't do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then that makes me wonder if maybe because, um, you know, like <laughs> conventionally attractive young women are the people who do very well on, on social media. Yes. Um, and they're, you know, out there reading their little romances and bopping around. Yep. Yep. Um, I wonder if per- perhaps they're just, you know, like when you're in your twenties, do you have enough life experience? No. To, yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> understand. No, no. You know, so how again, I know because I've been 20, I've been 30, I've been 40, like, no. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you really do need to balance your reading with some other things so that you can supplement your lived experience. I even think if you're 20 and you read Cleopatra and Frankenstein, you're going to have a totally different outlook if you're 30 or 35 mm-hmm. or 40 reading Cleopatra. It's just different. Yeah. You know? Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel like we had some breakthroughs today. Seriously. <laughs> really works some stuff out. I mean, it's just a, it's a really interesting topic. Romance novels versus romance in, in books, you know? But, like, it's, it's just so funny how I really thought that I was going to be, like, a romance girl. I, I really did. But, you know, like when I want to read something, quote unquote, fun and, you know, loose, I turn to fantasy and sci-fi. That's I guess that's my quote unquote romance. I mean, I still turn to fan- to romance because I do enjoy romance. Um, but I think my problem with romance and actually my problem with thrillers outside of literary thrillers, because when you get more literary, I tolerate them better. Is that yeah. I feel like of all the genres of genre fiction, they are the most formulaic. And so they either do two things. They either become incredibly boring because boring. you've read the same thing too many times over and over again. Yes. Or they just become so predictable that it's not even worth reading, which I guess is the same thing as being boring. But yeah, like, I feel like you, I can start on this high and read a bunch and I'm like, oh, this is fun. Da, da, da. And then yeah. I'm like, it's the same book again. Um yeah, or like just become so predictable that they end up lacking the thing that you want. Like especially for thrillers, like I want, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for something. I'm waiting to be thrilled, and it never happens. <laughs> and I'm like, stop yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I feel like writers from back. Okay, like f- good example. There's to me, there's probably no thriller author out there today that writes like a Patricia Highsmith. Like, I need to. like it's like no. You know, if if there are more thriller writers that wrote like in the vein of like Patricia Highsmith, I would probably read more thrillers for sure. Mm. For sure. 
Yeah. I need to read Highsmith. Yeah. I always look for you when especially, I go to McKay. Especially after Saltburn. Did you watch Saltburn? By the not way? yet. Not yet. I'm going to get to it. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'm going to get to it. I think that'd be my weekend movie because we have a long weekend coming. I yeah. keep forgetting that. I always forget that Martin Luther King is in January. Right. Right. I mean, so I just someone just don't... reminded me that we have a long weekend coming up. So. <laughs> Yeah, because Jesus doesn't have something on Monday. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> fingers crossed that when you come here and we go to McKay, that there is some Patricia Highsmith. Yes, please. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm actually going to reread The Talented Mr. Ripley and then continue on with the series. There are five books in that series. So I want to reread The Talented Mr. Ripley because I read that like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to just, yeah, then I'm just going to, boom, continue on with the rest of, of the books. Yeah. Let's do it. Or like, is, um, is Tana French, is that considered a thriller? The series that we are reading, is that considered a, th- a thriller? I don't know. I Sometimes I get confused. Thriller. But yeah. anyway, that whole like general genre, like those, those two, like romance and like the mystery thriller area, like yeah. it gets... Too much. I feel like for like fantasy and sci-fi, there's so many other elements into it. And you oh, can yes. play with so many things and you can take it in so many directions. Yep. And you can get so creative that it doesn't get as 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 repetitive and tedious and boring. For me. Right. I agree. But I, I just agree. so like I I don't know how people read just those I, I i don't like how does my mom pretty much only read mysteries i don't know i'm never gonna understand it for those folks that read like just romance uh or just like mystery thriller i i feel like and i know i know for a fact i would be so bored i can't hey, we like just what we like read, i can't even just read litfic like i no i gotta mix it up man <laughs> i gotta mix it up so yeah wow Okay. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. Romance novels versus romance in books. What do you prefer? What do you prefer? Let us know. Mm-hmm. All right. I'd say it's book recommendation time. What do you got for the people today? Oh, uh, um. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I'm, I'm realizing that I'm running out of things. Um, it happens. It happens. I realize like we give like 50 some out of these a year. And we do. I, I, it's, I don't know. I don't Listen, know. folks, if you're new to listening to us, TBR Lowdown, we give you lots of book recs. You know, we, we give you a book rec at the end of each show. Even if the show yeah. topic is like book wrecks for whatever we still at the end of the show give know, she you makes me give more of them a book wreck because hey we want to help you find fantastic books that's our mission all right we want to help you find great books to read okay what you all got right. I, i'm gonna repeat because i had this as a, i'm reading but i finished it the god of endings i i think you will particularly like this i enjoyed this we talked about this in another episode it is playing on vampire trope lore myth but we have a young woman who back in like the 1800s gets turned into a vampire um and she you follow her life from like then yeah. uh, to what is present day in like 1984 and then she's running this uh like art school kindergarten thing in upstate new york and she 
ends up developing this relationship with this young boy, which sounds wrong when I say it like that. But like, there's this young boy who's kind of, he's a very gifted artist and he's definitely got trouble at home and she gets very involved in their life. And you're moving back and forth between her in the past and seeing how she has gotten to this point and Mm -hmm. the relationship she's had along the way with different people in her life and kind of how she tries so hard to be separate from and have not have connection with other people as much as possible because she just keeps losing people. She's constantly Mm. losing people over time. Yeah. And, and she's very reluctantly a vampire. She didn't ask for any of this. She didn't want this. She, tries to find every way to like satiate her, her hunger. And um, she lives for like a while, even like in the woods, you know, for years and years with people. So anyways, it's, it's a very interesting story about her background, but then to see her develop this relationship with this child and Mm -hmm. kind of where this takes her and, and all of that, it's, it was one, it was really well done. And, and this is a debut. So I really want to know what um, Jacqueline um, Holland is going to write next. Yeah. But, um because this was so wonderfully so so wonderfully done um it's very like i i really enjoyed it i like seeing her sort of trot around through different historical events like Uh she's in the mountains like painting or whatever um and she sees like her first ever airplane and like the way that she kind of describes the feeling of seeing an airplane for the first time. So like those kinds of things, like when you live through so much time and you see how much things change, I really like that. I think those are, there are things within uh, the vampire lore that are interesting to explore. Like, because you have so much time, you have so many things that you can be a part of so many things you can do. Um, and this doesn't hit on canonical things like sunlight or anything like that. You know, like she right. clearly walks around. She just is a vampire. Right. So uh, I, I think you would particularly like it. And I really liked it. And that's the God of Endings. But Jacqueline Holland. I'm know. excited. Okay. She's just chunky enough. All right. Well, um, I like? I am going to share my favorite Colson Whitehead book. And that is the intuitionist. I've read, mm-hmm. I've read what I've read the Nickel Boys by him, American Underground Railroad or something like that, um, Harlem Shuffle, Crook Manifesto, and I still have a few others that I have of his to read. But I read this a few years ago, and it it remains my favorite. So let me see if I can like remember enough. So. In this book, what's her name? Lily Mae Watson? Lily Mae Watson. She is the first woman graduate of the Institute for Vertical Transport. Is that right? Yes. And um, so this is a first for her gender and race to be employed by the Department of Elevator Inspectors. Now... She is what you call an intuitionist, okay? Um, She has a perfect safety record, but what she does is through meditation, she senses the conditions of the elevators that she's assigned to. There are Mm -hmm. other people who are called, oh, what are they called? Ex... um, 
empiricist. These people go by like the literal mechanical functions of the elevator, okay? All right, so she's an intuitionist. She's got a perfect safety record, but then one of her elevators goes to a free fall, all right? So then there's this huge investigation about what happened. And while Lily is trying to figure out like how to prove what happened, she goes like mm-hmm. deep underground and she finds out a bunch of like really dangerous information about the founder of the intuitionist uh, program. Um, and then alongside that, there's this guild and they're going through their, um, they're going through like their, um, what do you call it? I don't know. They're voting for like a new leader or whatever. And so you've got like an intuitionist person who's like running and then an empiricist. And so then with the, the failure of her elevator that plays into like the campaigns for these two people that are running, you know, to lead the guild, it is bonkers and clever and smart and fresh and original. And I've never read anything like this before. I, I, I never hear people talk about this book, but I've never heard of it. It is fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, I highly recommend it. At some point, this is my dad's copy and it's so cool. He has like a shit ton of pages dog-eared in this book and a lot of annotations. So it's kind of cool, like going through, seeing what he marked up. But this is a fantastic book. I I will probably read this again at some point because it's been a few years. But that is The Intuitionist by Colson Whitehead. I love that you have those marked up sort of dog-eared books from your dad. Oh my gosh. Alyssa, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. Just seeing like what he thought about these books and, oh, it's it's just great. It's great. Every time I come across one of his books and he's like marked it up a dog-eared, it's just so nice to see like, oh, what was he thinking? Or or what stood out for him in this book? Yeah. And you get to keep that connection with your dad. Exactly. Like I know, you know, you don't get to have. So like. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. such a lovely thing. It really is. It really is. That's what you do, kids. You you write in your books so your kids can read them later. Because you never know. You never know what's going to happen to your parents, okay? You My dad's not happen. dead, people. He just no. has dementia. So, like, we can't have these conversations anymore. Mm-hmm. But we're kind of still having them through his books, which I like. Yeah. Which I think is lovely. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is. It is. I love it. So, this was a great episode. Anyway, share this with your friends, okay? Share with your friends. Let us know what you think. Follow us everywhere online at TBR Lowdown. Visit our website. Don't forget, we've got our our 2024 community reading schedule up. We're on our third annual 12 World 12 Countries Reading Challenge. All of that information is on our website at tbrlowdown.com. You can join our Discord, our Patreon. So, Just head on over there and just get all the information and share this episode with five friends. Oh, five today. Five friends. (laughs) Anyway, that's going to do it. for You have five friends. (laughs) Anyway, that's going to do it for us. We are out of here. Bye. Bye. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcast and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at tbrlowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at Book Lady Reads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at Nerdy Nurse Reads. 
Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time. Thank you.